0: To the Renegade Aviator Radio Show with David Costa.
1: Bob! Oh, Mo! No. Updated wind on 2200 five. We are on the airfield and
2: airspace! You are clean for takeoff! Have a good one! Thanks, Mo. clear for takeoff! Check your parka brake off, check your trim set, check your nozzle steering on maneuver. Damn it!
0: The Renegade Aviator combines jet air show performances and this radio show to promote aviation, excellence, overcoming obstacles, and achieving goals. Here he is, the Renegade Aviator, David Costa.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. Each and every week I do this, each and every week we have people on this show. You don't want to talk to me. You want to talk to people that are exuding excellence, that are out there doing stuff. And that's why I focus on air show performers because the air show performance is excellence demonstrated. And this week... And I don't know if uh, you're going to want me to say it this way, Kyle, but I call it, even though we're in this great country called the U.S. of A, air show royalty kind of fits with this. And I'm saying this because I think you'll maybe get a kick out of it, but Kyle Franklin, ladies and gentlemen, of Franklin's (laughs) Flying Circus, if there is a family that has personified the air show industry, I'm kind of an older grouchy guy, but I remember watching Jimmy fly when I was a kid, and uh, here you are today, Kyle kyle franklin ladies and gentlemen just carrying it forward <laughs> thank
2: you david appreciate it very much and uh happy to be here
1: right on so uh kyle when i look at the type of air show performance you do and it's something that i think in modern air shows we're seeing less of and that's a shame because it's the showmanship piece. It's the story. it's the uh, it's the whole of what you're doing, right? So there's people that are out there to fly airplanes. That's great, right? We love to watch people fly airplanes. but you bring to the act really what air shows are all about. It's that whole package. It is that creativity and that story. And you just can't see this on YouTube. you got to show up at the air show and experience this. Can you explain a little bit about how your air show kind of comes together for the crowd?
2: Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And unfortunately, a lot of the big showmanship acts, like I said, are kind of starting to go away. And even a lot of the airplanes, kind of like what my father and I have always flown, the big round engine aerobatic airplanes, you're seeing fewer and fewer of every year. I mean, there's only a handful of wing walking acts left in the business. And it's sad to see the industry going that way, but that's one thing I'm trying to keep that going as best as I can to keep bringing people out. You know, I always considered myself more of an entertainer than a pilot. Anybody can fly, you can, fly, but I want to fly and I want to entertain these people. And I always view things, for me as a spectator, what would entertain me? Some of the guys out there, it's great to watch them fly and the things they can do with their airplanes. But my goal, whenever I'm always, Putting a new act together or coming up with something is how can I entertain, you know, the four year old whose dad brought him out to the air show, and all the way up through the 80 year old old man that's been around aviation his entire life? Make sure that my routine or my act will entertain everyone of all ages. And even if you like airplanes or don't. If uh, someone just drugs someone out to an air show, never been to one, you know, what's going to keep them entertained? So anyways, that's kind of along the lines I'm always looking at. And my father years ago is kind of the one that instilled those values into me. Uh, My family got into the air show business. This will be 53 years my family's been in the air show industry. And uh, the flying bit all kind of started with my grandfather. My grandfather was a self-taught pilot at 16. And, uh, he was actually a farmer and a rancher and he always liked airplanes, but to him, you know, an airplane was nothing but another piece of farm equipment. Basically, he always liked the airplanes and he used them to transport things between the farm and the ranch. The farm and the ranch were actually 30 miles apart. He used an airplane to fly back and forth. And that's how my father learned to fly was sitting on his lap as a child and started building time. I guess you could say, even when he was in diapers and uh by the time my father was about eight years old he knew how to fly and uh he was home alone when he was 12 years old and snuck out and soloed himself and (laughs) all that ended up doing more or less was giving him another chore but this one he didn't mind is he'd get get home from school get off the school bus and his father already had the airplane loaded with cattle feed and everything and he my dad would take off and fly the 30 miles to the ranch, and uh, they'd actually feed the cattle from the air. They put a feed hopper in the back of our family PA-14 that we had at the time, and uh, he'd drop the feed from the air, and uh, that's how my father started building a lot of his time, and uh, the only bad thing about feeding cattle from the air on there was anytime any airplane would fly over the ranch, the cattle would start chasing the airplane because they knew that's where the food came from. (laughs) So, (laughs) So... The flying started with my grandfather, and then uh, when my dad was 12 years old, he went to his first air show and saw Harold Cryer and Charlie Hillard perform, and those were two of his heroes, and uh, from then on, dad made the decision right then that he wanted to be an air show pilot, and at 19, he started flying air shows in a 1940 Waco UPS-7, and uh, that was the airplane he flew pretty much for the rest of his life, you know, as, as his primary airplane. And so when I came along in 1980, whenever I was born and everything, I was born into the air show industry and was traveling with my father a whole lot when I was younger. And uh, back then, I guess it would have been the second Star Wars movie had been coming out. The Empire Strikes Back was coming out. And my father knew this is going to be a big hit. And it gave him the idea of trying to do a comic book space age character in the air show industry you know how can i bring some of this hype and big stuff that he's seeing in hollywood how can he bring that to the air show industry because again he viewed the air show industry as we're entertainers we're here to entertain people so he came up with the axes Czar, which i don't know how many people today still remember but it was one of the few twin engine air show acts there was out there other than hoover and i think there might have been one more at the time but uh he flew a uh aerostar 600 and the starship pride and he had a whole story and costume and everything and actually when he was developing that costume i have pictures of me standing next to him where he put these costumes on and he asked me i was like three or four years old and he's like hey kyle what do you think of this do you like this outfit and everything and i was his test subject for his outfit and uh he was focusing this act primarily on the children but he knew everybody would really enjoy it and for me, as a three or four year old, that really made an impression on me of the theatrics along with airshow flying. And so that really kind of got me all into that thinking. And of course, I started traveling every summer when I was 12 years old with my father to the shows. I mean, I'd finish up with my last final at school and then I'd be on an airline to meet up wherever my dad was in the country. And I'd spend my entire three month summer break with my dad. And then airline back in right before school started. So uh, I've been on the road quite a bit, almost all of my life doing air shows, And I became the full-time wing walker for my father climbing on the outside of the airplane when I was 17. I was the uh, world's youngest professional wing walker at the time. And uh, anyways, uh, of course, did that for many years and then we came up with a jet walko. finally became a reality and that's kind of a whole nother story in itself (laughs) on how that airplane came about anyways did that and then of course when we lost uh my father in 2005 you know it wasn't much of a question i was going to continue on in the air show industry and obviously i pretty much completely retired from doing wing walking and motorcycled airplane transfers as a stunt man and then started focusing more on the flying bit of it, and uh, we did. Uh, that was Matt Yunkin's first year uh, that when he decided he wanted to get into air shows as well, and uh, we started working together under the Sons of Legends. And we brought back, uh, of course, I was doing my comedy routine. Uh, we were doing the motorcycle to airplane transfer. My family was the first ones to do a, the motorcycle to airplane transfer back in nineteen. 19- 72 or three, I can't remember what year exactly, but they were the first ones to ever do a transfer off a motorcycle. And uh, we brought that back and did that for several years. And Yunkin was flying uh, his uh, father's uh, super decathlon in the beginning. And anyways, we did that for quite a few years. And then Matt and I started kind of coming up with our own things and kind of started going our separate ways when it comes to acts where we weren't working together as much we were doing our kind of own acts.
1: We're going to come back after the break, and I really want to start off with that again that whole performance because it is missing in the air show world today. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. Stand by 888 366 5256. This is Dave Costa, the Renegade Aviator, and I want to put a plug out for thousands of the local, small airports all over this country. Chances are, wherever you live, there is a great airport right nearby. Go visit them and tell them that David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, sent you. These airports provide real value to local communities, and you will be amazed at who you will meet and what you will find there.
0: air. Here he is, the renegade aviator, David Costa.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Costa, the renegade aviator, back with what I call a legend, Kyle Franklin. I'm close to 60 and remember seeing your dad fly and I've seen you you coming up through the industry and doing all this. In
2: 2008, I came up with the idea of pirated skies, which uh, was a pirate wing walking act. Again, it was one of those things I was sitting in front of a TV just kind of thinking up, you know, how can I be something else other than just a big biplane in the air show industry and Pirates of the Caribbean came on TV and I was thinking, you know what, it's already the Waco mystery ship and everybody loves a pirate who doesn't love a pirate for the most part <laughs> and uh anyways that kind of that's what got the ball rolling and my brain got to clicking on different ideas of how to turn a wing walking act into a pirate themed wing walking act and uh funny in the beginning when i first had this idea i got no support from anybody on this i mean even my wife at the time amanda she didn't like the idea. Nobody liked the idea, but I'm like, nah, this is good. And this will be something good. Kids will love this. And yeah. I think everybody, and we do the story, right? Everybody will like this. And less than two years later, it was the top civilian act in the air show industry. It was one of the most sought after acts. So I was, uh, really proud of that act. That is my, in my opinion, that was my crowning achievement in the airshow industry so far. And, uh, while we were doing Pirates, guys, Skies, though, we also still doing my comedy acts, my comedy act fairly regular. And then uh, something Dad and I had started on years earlier was the new airplane. And it was essentially the idea behind it was it was going to be a baby Waco. We wanted it to look like the Waco, but smaller, more maneuverable, better performance and all these things. And we had started on that airplane or at least, you know, the designs on the napkin. Or around 2003, somewhere 2002, somewhere around there. And it's something we had been working on. And then after he passed, everything kind of got thrown on the back burner. But uh, Amanda and I decided to try to bring that back and uh, try to finish that airplane. So we started working on that. And uh, a lot of people don't realize how much of a hand Amanda had in building that airplane and the design and the ideas behind the act and everything. Huh. But yeah, this one was Dracula. We had the pirates, and now we're going vampires. All these things (laughs) relate back to my childhood. I've always been a fan of Halloween, always loved it. And my two favorite things to dress up for Halloween were pirates and vampires. So I'd always also bring bits of my childhood into my business and the ideas I'm coming up with. And so uh, anyways, we were. Man, and I were working really hard on Dracula, trying to get it up and going. And she was really excited for this one. He was excited about the vampires and then after uh lost her in 2011 kind of took the rest of this season off somewhat i still ended up doing about five or six more shows with the comedy act that year and in the process trying to get dracula finished it was about a little more than halfway complete at the time and uh anyways finally got it completed and it debuted in 2013 which was its first debut season and uh it went over pretty well it wasn't the greatest year to debut a new airplane with sequestration hit and everything and that kind of decimated the air show industry but right. all in all you know it's the act went over pretty well and uh been having a lot of fun flying it and we're actually we're doing some other modifications for on it this year we're gonna do some other retrofits to try to try some new ideas i've got to, uh make it perform even better and different, maybe changing the theme up a little bit, you know, always trying to come up with something new. So that's kind of the rundown of where I've gone through this and how I got started in this thing. And again, it's, it's hard to believe I've been in the business this long and grew up doing this. And I don't know a whole lot else other than their shows.
1: (laughs) Because of your dad flying czar, I was called into the chief pilot's office more times than I can think of. I used to fly freight in an Aerostar so I'd watch your dad fly, and we go out. What the hell? We'd try to do half of that uh, performance in the Aerostar. But just, you know, an amazing family. And, you know, kudos to you for bringing this forward. The Franklin's Flying Circus, you've got to go to Kyle's webpage, and you got to see the cool videos that he's got. And... Although I can't hold a candle to what you do, Kyle, we have the same taste in music. I will say that. So awesome music. <laughs> <laughs> so
2: Yeah, I get more compliments on my music almost than anything else. And it's the type of music I always liked. And I felt in the air show industry, it, it felt with what we were doing. It was a uh, high energy entertainment. And yeah, the music has always been one of my favorite things to come up. I piece all the music together, even back in the Masters of Disasters days, whenever we were doing that, Jim Leroy and I sat down one night and we hashed out the whole soundtrack to that. So
1: yeah,
2: it's a a lot of fun putting your own spin on things.
1: That's what's so unique about what you do. So most of the time, here's what happens today, right? You see somebody flying an airplane and it could be just somebody up flying and then they can put any music they want to it after the fact and they post it up on YouTube and anybody can be a world-renowned air show pilot in their own mind. But your act, what you do, your performance, you bring that together live. I'm telling people, you cannot appreciate an air show unless you show up at the gate, buy the ticket, go in and watch. And it's your type of performance is what gets people's hearts pounding because you bring it all together. You've got the story. You've got the aircraft. you got the music. you got the attitude. That's what we need out there. We need more of that. So how can people find you on the Internet and find out more information where you're going to be and who's your sponsors?
2: Main spots to kind of start in my uh, website, which in all fairness does need to be updated now, but <laughs> <laughs> my website is franklinairshow.com. And you know, another thing, I've got to mention here is a lot of the stuff I could not do without my sponsors. And I have a lot of different sponsors that supported me over the years and continue to support me, namely Aircraft Specialty Services at a Tulsa, Univer parts and everything. They about completely helped when we restored the super cub, Univer was a big had a big hand in helping me restore the cub and getting everything going. Apogee Investments has been by me for over 10 years, and their support is actually what helped finally bring Dracula to completion, because I was about ready to mothball the project because I didn't have the funding at the time, and uh, Apogee's investments stepped up and really gave me the starter money to get Dracula finished. All my other sponsors, I can't thank them enough for everything they do for me over the years.
1: The last right. time I think I saw you was at a Truckee air show. That's kind of in my neck of the right. woods. Mm-hmm. And it was the part that I really liked is when you disappear down behind the uh, tree line, you got the crowd, Every, everybody visibly gasped and <laughs> you come rocking yeah. it up out of it. So it is different, right? We see the same airplanes out there and nothing against any of the other aircraft out there, but the big biplane and, you know, your demon biplane airplane. It is cool. It's just a beast of an airplane and it shows well. It's the paint job and all that good stuff on it. It's got to take a lot of work just to plan because you're planning more than just what you're doing to fly, but the whole thing around it. Not everybody agrees with you, I guess, throughout life, throughout whatever we do in this this business or in any business, you just got to kind of live your own life. All right, man. Kyle Franklin on a roll, baby. But we need to take a break. So stay right there. More of the Renegade Aviator radio show with Kyle Franklin. 888-366-5256.
0: Make aviation great again. David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, will be right back. He told me to say that.
1: David Costa, the Renegade Aviator. Want a free team decal? All you have to do is call my office, 888-366-5256, and leave your name and mailing address, 888-366-5256. We will send you a free Renegade Aviator team decal. Be the envy of your friends and family, 888-366-5256. It's my way to say thank you, and I'm grateful for you being a fan. Renegade Aviator.
0: David, I don't know why the FAA called. They just said they wanted to talk to you about that flyby. Oh, the host of the Renegade Aviator, David Costa.
1: All right. David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256. Segment three this week. Kyle Franklin carrying the torch with a 53-year air show family history. Before the break, we were talking about having a vision and a personal way of doing things. So right back at it with Kyle Franklin. Here we go.
2: I have my way that I view. I want to do airships. The things that entertain, that I feel would entertain the crowd and my perspective of it, my ideas and the way we go. And I, of course, I'm always getting feedback from friends and everything. With Dracula, that airplane, basically, it's a cross between a Waco UPF 7, GB Sportster, and a Pitt Special. It Took the best things of all three airplanes and built them into one. And as you mentioned, I like to fly low. That's kind of a family tradition, is uh, my father was renowned for as low as he flew i mean he still holds the world record for the world's lowest inverted ribbon pickup <laughs> and uh, so you don't want to necessarily scare the spectators but you want to thrill them and if you can make them like kind of jump or gasp just for a second i feel you've done a good job at keeping you entertained because they're paying attention it was very interesting doing that especially at Truckee. they had that perfect uh that ravine on the backside of the trees. And when I first saw that, I'm like, oh yeah, we're going to have some fun with this. And my announcer, Alan Mitchell, he started narrating for me about two years ago, and he's brought my act to a whole new level. In my opinion, I even got a text from one of our uh, air show friends and getting my butt chewed out because saying I was flying too low and this and that. And I'm like, like, my flying hasn't changed. I just have a much better announcer who really gets people on their feet and gets them paying attention.
1: Bingo. People come out to these shows and they, they want to be thrilled. They want to see something different. They want to see something unique. And you'll swap between high-energy Dracula on over to your comedy act where you steal your own airplane and fly off two separate sides of the coin, two very different aircraft. Explain a little bit about that comedy act, because it usually takes about half of the crowd, about three minutes to realize what the heck's going on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the comedy act, for me, it's not that big of a deal because it's just like, you know, they're separate acts. And so I fly differently in both. But uh, the comedy act is the hardest act to fly. And in some ways, the most dangerous on there, because basically everything they teach you not to do when you're learning to fly is what you go out and do. And I take it to a little more extreme on there between dragging the wingtips on the ground, I'll stall the airplane at a hundred feet. And it's all these things you're not supposed to do, but the trick behind it is knowing how far to take it and where not to take it. And something my father always and it stuck with me is the key to the survival in this business is knowing your airplane's limits and your limits and staying within that envelope. You can push you can fly the edge of the envelope if you want, but you don't dare exceed those limits. And the comedy act is, you know, definitely the hardest act to fly because of all of that. And it's still one of most public's favorite acts of mine. It always seems to be one that will steal the show because it's just so off the wall and it's something people remember.
1: Absolutely, and every pilot understands how technically difficult that is and an underpowered, it's not the Blue Angel F-18 coming by, at just below the speed of sound. And, and so people do appreciate it and go, man, that guy is flying that. He's working harder than the idiot like me that flies an old Iskra jet and does some boring uh, war row." <laughs> you know, uh, so, uh, jets uh, are the uh, easy no, no, no. People love their jets. They actually do. It is resonate with that, but it just goes back again that you show part of this is people ask me all the time now, they go, you know, well, we can see everything in virtual reality. We can go to YouTube and we can see these point of view videos out of somebody's cockpit. And that's all great. And that's cool. And you can sit in your kitchen and you can watch all this cool air show stuff. But I'm out there every day telling people, you got to get out to the airport. You got to get out to the air show. If you're not out there supporting these air shows and these performers, and these event promoters and if you're not seeing it live you're just missing stuff you're just missing out on a whole bunch and that's what gets this next generation of kids jazzed and we need them snapping it on the down line ladies and gentlemen do not take your eyes off of kyle franklin he's got a surface level waiver and he's not afraid to use it
0: Call our listener line, 888-366-5256. Ask a question, leave a comment, 888-366-5256.
1: looking to buy or sell a jet aircraft give me a call 888-366-5256 we can broker your current jet or turboprop buyers agents management services that save you so much it's like i'm working for free free consultations of course call my office leave a message get my personal call back 888-366-5256 renegade jets what else would i call it
0: Costa, a legend in his own mind. The Renegade Aviator in the air and on air. Here we go.
1: Segment four, we're back, David Costa, Renegade Aviator Eight 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 three six six five two five six. 5256 Call it, Get your free team Decal. Kyle's thoughts on the future of air shows. Why come out do an air show? Think YouTube. You think that's where it's at? You think YouTube is the future of air shows? I disagree. So does Kyle. Here we go.
2: The air show industry is steadily dying, in my opinion, in a lot of ways. And we're just between, we're getting overregulated in some ways. And just a lot of that idealism and everything for that type of flying and everything is just steadily fading away. And people have computers and games and the movies and they're just not finding air shows as entertaining but that being said they're sitting at home watching this stuff on a screen which does not isn't near it does not showcase what all of us in the air show industry do at an actual air show and people have to support if they love seeing this stuff and a lot of times they love going to air shows but there's one show that's trying really hard this year to get going and it's a great show but they lost a lot last year due to people coming to the parking lot and they didn't have to buy their tickets until after they parked. And so they ended up just sitting in the parking lot and watching the show for free. And it's like, guys, in today's world, air shows are still some of the cheapest entertainment out there. I mean, most air shows average, you know, ten to twenty dollars a person for general admission. And that's for a all day entertainment, you know, an entire event. Yep. But yet people say oh that's too expensive and it's like but you'll pay 13 dollars to go to the movies and watch a lousy chances are a lousy movie from hollywood people if they like what we do and they like air shows they've got to get out there and watch them and support their local air shows because i've seen especially the smaller shows which are some of the best shows because at a smaller air show you may not have one of the big jet teams there but you're because it is a little smaller, you can get up close and personal, You and come and talk with us and we can get to you easier. And it's a lot more relaxed. And it's something the smaller shows are just a lot easier and a lot more entertaining, in my opinion. And uh, we're seeing a lot of those small air shows going away. They're just uh, between not being able to get sponsorship for their event. And then when they do do the event, people not coming out to watch. And, you know, it's just seeing a lot of things in the world changing. and the air show industries are going to have to figure out ways to change with them and ways to get people out there. I'm sure.
1: It is. And I think it has to go back to that thing you said. It is a circus. It is a flying circus. It is a performance. Those of us that have watched air shows for years, always wanted to be an air show pilot. I'm kind of one of these late comers coming in. You grew up in the industry. But here's what I'm finding every time that I talk to people like yourself that have been in the air show world. And I say it all the time. It is excellence that is demonstrated. And for people to come up and be able to talk to the air show performer and to listen to you like you are on my show today. And I think people think that it's easy. I think people think everything in life should be easy. I should have the freedom to do whatever I want, but they don't want to take responsibility. They don't want to be slapped on the head every once in a while. They don't want to face setbacks, and as soon as they face a setback, they want to blame everybody else. But you know better than anybody. You've been in this industry words of encouragement or even wisdom of people that are going after goals in life to quit too darn easy and give up. You know what it takes to be where you are. You've certainly paid your way along the way.
2: I always say air shows, it's a hard way to make an easy living because <laughs> the air shows is pretty much all I do for a living. I got a couple of other small things on the side, but I've been doing air shows since I was 17 professionally, and it's all I've ever done. And there's only a handful of us in the business who have ever done this as full-time job. And some of the others in the business, that most of the ones that survive doing this full time, They've got a multi-million dollar sponsor that backs them, and uh, unfortunately, I've never had sponsors of that magnitude, and so it's not easy. It's not easy to do this thing. Like I said, everybody thinks it's easy, and that we rake in all this money and everything. But I'm a hired act. I don't necessarily pick and choose which shows I go to or anything like that. I've got to have the shows either I contact them or they contact me, and they've got to hire me to come there. Because unfortunately, as anyone who's a pilot or trying to become a pilot can tell you, airplanes aren't cheap at no. all, <laughs> and the cost of them continue to go up every year, and that along with insurance and everything else, it's the hard way to make an easy living and the flying's the easy part and the fun part, but all the other stuff in between not so much because you know i'm booking agent, the marketing guy the mechanic the flying is actually a very small part of what i do even though that's what i get paid to do Yeah. so it's like right now in january february time this is my off season and this is where uh rebuilding the airplanes trying to book shows for next year and trying to get everything done and i've got binder here that with four pages in it of things that i need to get done and needless say i'm I never can get (laughs) ahead,
1: But that's normal. I guess people don't want to hear that anymore. They want to be, I want to be given a leg up. I want somebody to let me in or the industry, whatever industry. It's not just air show stuff. I mean, yeah, the air shows are new for me. So when I looked at this radio show, I said, well, how can I be of some small service to the air show industry? It sure ain't going to be my airplane and my act. Not yet. So I can do a radio show, but people will show up. I hire pilots that'll tell me what they won't do. Right, So we fly corporate jets. And I'm being told constantly Uh what I won't do. I said, you'll do whatever we need to do to be of service to that client. And all the glamour, you're right, is when we step up into the cockpit and push the start button and close our eyes and take off. (laughs) I'm joking. Exactly. 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 Yeah. You think that's it? Hell no, that's not it. There's more to come, but there's always a catch. There's always a but. You're going to need to do two things. Nope, three things. You need to do three things. Number one, call my office and get your free team decal, 888-366-5256. Give a call. Leave your address. We'll mail it out. Free of charge. No catch. Number two, listen again next week for part two of my interview with Kyle Franklin. And number three, stay right there. Don't go anywhere. After the break, I wrap up this show with my own thoughts. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. Be right back. Call David
0: Costa, the Renegade Aviator, 888-366-5256.
1: thousand hours of practice the black belt is ready to begin learning do you want to be an elite level pilot or just someone who flies airplanes want to improve safety have more confidence enjoy flying more do you know any elite performer who does not use a coach thought so 888-366-5256 say hey dave I want to be a black belt aviator and we'll send you the details. 888 366 5256.
0: So, the big and Oh my God, I can hardly wait. Here he is, the host of the Renegade Aviator radio show, David Costa. This is so exciting. I am so excited. He paid me to say that. (laughs) Ha
1: ha. Here we go, man. Lighting him up. David Costa, the Renegade Aviator, Segment 5. We're wrapping this show up. And this week kyle franklin so kyle thanks for coming on the renegade aviator radio show he will be back next week so don't you dare miss a single episode of the renegade aviator radio show air shows we're talking air shows right air shows are entertainment air show performers are entertainers air show performers demonstrate excellence but the key to a 53 year family history in performing at air shows is the showman or the showwoman <laughs> or the show person. I don't care what you call it. Being a showman means thinking about the audience and wondering what they're going to like, how to entertain them, how to give them value. We talk value each and every week. This is what you deserve when you pay your fee to come inside the gate at an air show. Remember, I said inside the gate at an air show. You freeloaders outside, you're hurting the air show industry. You don't want to see a bunch of aviators simply showing off You want to get your thrills, and you want to have value, and you want to be entertained. That's why you spend the money, and that's why the Franklin Flying Circus has been such a staple in the industry. I started watching Jimmy Franklin, Kyle's dad. I started watching Jimmy fly when I was just a kid, and now Kyle is out there, not sitting back and resting on a family name, but carrying the torch and moving the bar in respect for those who came before him those who are no longer with him, and most importantly, thinking of you, the air show fan, that, or that little kid in the audience that never saw an air show before. Thinking, how can I be entertaining to people? Go to franklinsflyingcircus.com. Kyle Franklin. Don't miss part two of my interview with Kyle. I was laughing to myself when we did this interview because I normally do a really good job of keeping my show in tight little segments so that we can easily edit the interview when Mauro, my producer, puts these shows together. But... Once you like Kyle's Fuse, baby, he just keeps on going. It's go time. So back next week and catch the second episode of my interview with Kyle Franklin. So what do you do between now and then? You can visit me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, which is a work in progress. You can go to my website, Renegade Av, the number 8R, RenegadeAviator.com. Find my podcast. Listen to my radio show. If it's not on a radio station near you, you need to call that radio Radio station and say, hey, how come you don't have the Renegade Aviator radio show on your station? Search renegadeaviator.com. Thank you. We're grateful each and every week. This is David Costa. I am the Renegade Aviator. See ya.
2: So So the from